Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting about why we shouldn't demonize sugar and what nutritional approach we should take instead when it comes to improving our diets. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everyone, where you get a 15-minute daily dollop of everyday nutrition advice to help you eat well for the rest of your life and remove food stress. So my name's Kate Freeman. I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of an online healthy eating habit building program called the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic, which is a nutrition and dietetics practice down in the beautiful city of Canberra. I am launching into this episode on why we shouldn't demonize sugar. I am literally always blown away by how much stress is caused by the fact that we are demonizing sugar in today's culture. And it's a huge source of confusion for people. A lot of people feel really stressed and anxious about it. Um, um, and, And purely from the point is that they struggle to do it. And the idea of quitting sugar means that we shouldn't eat it at all rather than sort of taking a bit more of a balanced approach and really understanding a bit more about nutrition. But fun fact about me is that not that long ago, I was approached by a dentist who wanted to come on my show, The Daily Dollop. So they asked to be a guest, which I thought was reasonably presumptuous. But you know, I respect that. If you don't ask, you don't get. And so a bit of back and forth, I eventually tee up a time to speak to this woman at 8 p.m. at night because she's unavailable to talk to me during the day. And so I, I've been making a point lately of not working at night. It's been one of the things that I do to help just keep me balanced and it's good for my mental health to take a break from my work. But I thought, I'll talk to this woman. Anyway, she just proceeded to um, dominate the conversation on how evil sugar was and she, you know, although she's been a dentist for 40 years, she's also an expert in nutrition. She knows all about that. She was telling me all about nutrition like I didn't know. But she was so demonising of sugar that I sort of, after a little while of, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, on the phone to her, I, I actually asked her, I was like, I tend to take a little bit more of a balanced approach when I talk to people about sugar. I said, have you listened to the podcast? And she then answered no. And I was like, okay, well, maybe you should go and have a listen. I've got a couple of episodes on sugar. Go and have a listen to those episodes. And then, you know, if you still want to be on the show, then come back to me. Anyway, I ended up also frankly disagreeing with a few of the things you're saying because after about 20 minutes, I was like, okay, I can't take this lady anymore and all her woo. But um, there you go. It's a very, very common thing to do. And look, for good reason, right? A high consumption of ultra processed foods, which then results in a high consumption of added sugars to our diet, puts us at risk of poor health because it ups our energy intake and it's just more than our body needs. It's also a problem because foods that are high in added sugars 
are typically low in nutrients. So we're overfed and undernourished. And I just generally think that throwing around the line sweet poison in regards to sugar is just generally confusing. And the reason is, is because sugar as a molecule and a nutrient that the body uses for energy is in nearly every single type of food. And many of these foods should actually be included in your diet every day. And so if you really wanted to be truly sugar-free, then you could actually only eat like chicken, meat and oil. And I could could foresee that becoming problematic for you, right? If we just had a diet 100% in meat and oil, right? It would be distinctly lacking in a handful of key nutrients and you'd be very constipated. So I just want to talk through what sugar actually is because I think this is really important. When I say sugar, the the public or most people just assume that I'm talking about the white substance that you put in your tea, right? But sugar takes many, many different forms. And regardless of whether it comes from the white granules that you put in your tea or it comes from honey or it comes from glucose syrup or rice malt syrup or whatever, right? It ends up the same molecule in your bloodstream. And that's actually really important because when you're reading sugar on a label, that's not distinguishing between added sugars and sugars that are just naturally occurring in that food. And so if we were to run up a nutrition label for capsicum, we'd see that there's sugar on that label. You know, if you look at a nutritional label for milk, you'll see there's sugar on that label. And so it doesn't matter where the sugar in your diet originated from. It's all inherently the same, chemically speaking. So it doesn't matter whether the sugar has been derived or concentrated from a whole food is naturally occurring or it's been added to food. Once it's gone through digestion and enters your bloodstream, it is essentially the same chemical structure and processed via the same metabolism. So whether that sugar comes from a capsicum, an orange or a cupcake, the sugars that end up floating around your bloodstream are the same type and they are glucose, fructose or galactose. They enter metabolism They are broken down to release energy and this energy is used by the body to grow, repair and move. When we consume energy in excess of our body's needs, that's when we start storing energy as fat. And yes, some of the sugars that we consume end up being converted into fat if they're consumed in excess of our energy needs. So now before you stone me and call me a heretic nutritionist because I told you that all sugars are the same, which is actually true, You need to hear me out. So I didn't say these foods were more or less healthy than each other. I just said that after you've chewed them, broken them down with your digestive juices and then absorbed them through your intestinal wall into your bloodstream, that the types of sugars present in the bloodstream are the same after this process. There are, as you know, distinct differences between the the foods that I mentioned above and all foods. But what I want you to understand that it's actually not at all about the sugar. And then there's much more to good nutrition than just focusing on one nutrient. And one of the key problems with demonizing sugar is that narrowly focusing in on the individual nutrient leaves a person short-sighted to the whole picture of nutrition and a balanced diet. There is so much more to healthy eating than just demonizing or stressing or worrying or cutting out or classifying as poison sugar. I would argue that demonizing sugar is simply repeating the mistakes of the past when we demonized fats. Also, an individual would do better 
to focus on the particular whole foods they should be including in their diets rather than focusing on the foods or nutrients that they need to cut out. And I've talked about this a lot on the show. Focus on what you want to add into your diet rather than what not to eat. So you can cut out as much sugar as possible, right? And try not to eat sugar. But if you don't eat enough vegetables or you aren't adding in, you know, a wide variety of other whole minimally processed foods, your risk of poor long-term health is high, right? If you're iron deficient, how do you expect to function properly every day? Cutting out sugar can't help you for that. If you're constipated from a lack of fiber, how do you expect to have long-term gut health? Cutting out sugar means nothing in the context of a poorly balanced diet. And I can't tell you how many people I've met one-on-one who are trying to cut out sugar And so they've stopped eating the muffins and the cakes and the biscuits and the chocolate and the lollies, which is a fantastic thing to do. But what happens is, is they then, it then becomes more and more strict and they're like, oh, so I can't have yogurt and milk. Oh, and oh, now I can't have breakfast cereal. And they start cutting, 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 but they're actually paying no attention to what they should be eating. So they're still not eating enough vegetables. They're still not adding in nice high fiber sources of carbohydrate or good protein sources. And so they're hungry because they're not eating very much because they're trying to cut out all these foods and just genuinely struggling, right? And because they're hungry and they don't know what to eat and they're trying to cut out all these things, sometimes what can happen is, is that reverse is true and they just something snaps with inside them and they just like go to town on the sugar. So let's compare some foods. So when thinking about a capsicum, an orange and a cupcake, there are a few things to consider when rating their healthiness. It's not just about the sugar. It's the package that the sugar arrives in. Let's ask these questions about a food. What nutrients does it provide? Is this food offering my body vitamins, minerals and fiber? How much energy does it provide? Is it the right amount of energy, too little or too much for me? Is this food easy to overeat or am I likely to feel full when I've eaten enough? Where does this food sit in the context of my whole day? What else have I been eating? Answering these questions will most likely lead you to thinking that the capsicum and orange, right, are better choices than the cupcake. However, what about the cupcake, right? What if you want to eat that too? An individual contacted us recently, very upset um, that we included brown sugar in some of our recipes. They felt that including such an inflammatory ingredient, their words, among others, was irresponsible of us. Like, And what they inherently misunderstand about nutrition is that the same type of sugar chemically that enters the bloodstream after digestion from all sorts of different foods and that inflammation occurs, it wasn't the brown sugar that did it right? Inflammation is the result of a complex cascade of metabolic, neurological and immune factors often culminate after weeks and months and years that then interact with our genetics and environment and in some cases our diet. And so also the brown sugar doesn't cause inflammation any more than the sugar naturally present in the calcium would. So what does cause health problems and inflammation? Well, for starters, a host of different things, bacteria, viruses, pollution, radiation, damage to body cells, and then a diet consumed in excess. So excess in terms of consuming more energy from sugars and fats, starches, proteins, right? More than our body actually needs. And then it's doing it constantly over the long term. This leads to storage of excess body fat, which then over time causes these fat cells to become overfull and sick. And it's extremely complex biochemistry, But to make it simple is that these sick fat cells lead to what's known as low-grade inflammation, 
which then has a host of metabolic flow-on effects that eventually lead to problems like heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and cancer. So it wasn't the brown sugar in the cupcake that threw you into inflammation. It's the overall dietary pattern maintained over months and years that then has the, the impact on our body. So simply put, when you consume more sugar and, you know, more broadly, more energy than your body needs, it leads to metabolic disturbances over time. If these disturbances carry on long enough, they then lead to chronic disease. And so one muffin and the muffin on our website that this person was complaining about is the blood orange and poppy seed muffin, which is delicious. One of those muffins contains 5.8 grams of sugar, which is less than one and a half teaspoons, right? Which is the same amount of sugar in half a red capsicum. So the majority of the sugar in the muffin comes from the brown sugar. And then it also has two large oranges, which is added to the whole recipe, which then makes like 20 muffins. So that muffin with its one and a half teaspoons of sugar in the context of a day that doesn't exceed your energy needs. And you're also eating five serves of veggies, two serves of fruit, some nice minimally processed protein sources like lean meats, poultry, legumes, seafood, right? One to two serves of dairy like natural yogurt and milk. Maybe you're eating other whole foods like avocado, nuts and seeds, right? It's totally fine. Not spiraling you into inflammation. It's not spiking your insulin levels or putting you at risk of poor health. And that's because the overall diet quality, which is the big long-term picture, that's the biggest predictor of your health, And so if your diet is full of variety, meets your nutrient needs and helps you manage a healthy weight, then one cupcake with some brown sugar in it is absolutely fine to eat occasionally and there doesn't need to be any guilt or shame associated with eating it. And in fact, I'd suggest, you know, you savour and enjoy every dang mouthful. However, if that muffin with its one and a half teaspoons of sugar is in the context of a day that's high in processed foods, like cakes and biscuits and chips and salami and lollies and soft drink and pastries and high quantities of refined carbohydrates like white bread and white pasta and white rice, right? And large, you know, portions of these, it's a completely different story. You know, maybe there's chocolate cereal for breakfast, dessert every night after dinner. There are little to no vegetables, very rarely nuts and seeds, no legumes and whole grains, right? Lots of sausages, buttered, flavoured milks, ice cream. A a sweet muffin in the context of a diet like this could potentially be an area that an individual could improve. If I was a nutritionist, I could say things like, maybe we could swap this muffin for a whole piece of fruit, right? I'd be looking at that as being one of the areas where they could make improvements to improve their diet quality. But I'd also say things like, maybe swap your afternoon snack with some vegetable sticks or let's use some whole chicken breast at dinner instead of those chicken nuggets. Maybe we can swap the white bread for some grainy rice style bread or swap some of that rice or pasta for some four bean mix. Or maybe we just portion control those foods and of course, add in some extra vegetables. And essentially my goal for every client and every person that goes through my online program, every person that sees a dietitian in my clinic is not shaming them for their food choices, simply equipping and empowering them to just improve their overall diet quality. Individual foods do matter, but not in isolation of the context of which these foods are in. So try not to think of your diet as black and white with some foods being good and some being bad. Um, you know, try not to think of some nutrients being toxic and others not. 
Think of food as neutral, neither good or bad, and that it's your pattern of consumption that determines whether you're getting in the nutrients that you need and so that your diet is either promoting or hindering good health. When it comes to nutrition, the poison is in the dose. So too much sugar can lead to poor health, but so can too much iron, too much vitamin C, too much water. One final thing to leave you with is here is what I did to actually increase the healthfulness of this muffin to add more nutrients in. Swapped a wholemeal flour. We added in some almond meal. Instead of juicing the oranges, we just blended and used the whole orange, which upped the fiber. I actually reduced the amount of brown sugar in the recipe and we swapped butter for olive oil. A delicious, tasty muffin, slightly increased in nutrients that put into the context of a healthy day is absolutely fine for you to eat. So no more demonizing of the sugar team. Have a fabulous day and we'll catch you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.